Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Swoom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. It appears as if a week is a bloody long time in South African sport, yeah? Last Friday, Bafana Bafana coach Stuart Baxter resigned in dramatic fashion at a press conference held at the Kinlani Country Club in Johannesburg. And it came just a day before the new Premier Soccer League season officially began. And what a weekend it was. There were wins for the traditional big three, Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates, Mamelodi Sundowns. Chiefs defeated Highlands Park 3-2 in a game that saw the resurrection of one Lebohang Manyama, former Absa Premiership Player of the Year. While Pirates swept aside Bloemfontein Celtic 3-1 at Orlando Stadium. And Sundowns beat Tuana rivals Supersport United 2-0 in Attridgeville, where Sibusiso Vilagazi opened the season for us with a stunning left foot strike from outside the box. Now, if you want the rest of those results, plus all the reaction, analysis, match reports, and breaking news, you have to go to timeslive.co.za, sowetanlive.co.za, as well as bdlive.co.za. Guns, an essential tool in self-protection or a catalyst for criminality. Cliffcentral.com presents Guncast, a podcast that unpacks the divisive issue of gun ownership in South Africa. Join legal expert Martin Hood as he hosts a series of talks with both sides of the gun lobby. Whether you support the right to carry guns or you believe they're a destructive tool that society could do without, Guncast will enlighten and challenge you in equal measure. Find Guncast now on the Cliff Central app, on cliffcentral.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we will also have some of the best Tiso Black Star football journalists coming into studio to chat all things football in a short while. We'll be taking a deep dive into the new Premier Soccer League season. Later on, we will also check in with the English Premier League, which also begins this weekend. I am absolutely pumped. My team Chelsea has shown great form in preseason, but the real thing is about to begin. Before we get to the football extravaganza, however... There's been some news on the cricket front. Proteus coach Otis Gibson has been let go. The West Indian will not continue in his role as head coach of the men's national team. In fact, there have been so many dramatic changes in cricket over the past week alone that Gibson's position doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, you heard that right. That position is now defunct. A new structure is coming into play. A director of cricket will be appointed in the coming months as well as a team director. Now, the director of cricket will oversee all national teams, men, women, youth teams, etc. The team director will now become a hybrid between what used to be the Proteus head coach and the Proteus team manager. The team manager will report directly to the director of cricket. That position is currently being held in an acting role by Corey Fonsale, who is also the head of Cricketing Pathways. So Corey is kind of wearing many hats at the moment. And the director of cricket will be filled in an interim basis by an unknown person so far who will lead South Africa to the tour of India. 
We don't know if that will also be Corey Fonsale at the moment. He seems to be doing everything. And he said at a press conference on Tuesday that there are people congratulating him for being the new Proteus head coach. And that, of course, is not the case. The former team manager, however, Doc Musaji, who's also the team doctor, has also vacated both his roles with Cricket South Africa. Now, I know it's a lot to take in, but... Let's let Cricket South Africa CEO Tabang Mored do a little explaining as to what in the world is going on in cricket. That's what I'm going from News 24. Uh, it's my understanding that at a, after a meeting in, in February, the CSA board uh, proposed that the CEO would have the final say on team selections moving forward um, and that that plan was squashed before the World Cup. Um, Moving forward, uh, can we have guarantees that that won't be the case, or might that be something that the CEO revisits? So that policy has always been there. It wasn't something new. What's happened was that um, we haven't uh, managed to reach out <coughs> our transformational targets in the past, so we didn't reach them again. Um, you know, um, in the previous year, and obviously with us not being able to reach the targets that we set for ourselves, it. It concerned the board. And then um, obviously we'd have to now go back as senior management and uh, um, some board members to go to the minister to explain why this hasn't happened, to see the EPG panel and explain why we find ourselves in a picture that uh, we would be at the time. And uh, given that the board was concerned, the board then spoke about maybe activating this policy, which was in place already. Um, a couple of names were mooted in the meeting in terms of who should have their sign-off. So it's not the final say. It's to have a sign-off on uh, the final 11 that goes onto the field with the view of looking at the targets that have been set at, at, that needs to be achieved at the end of the year. So essentially the thinking is that the, the selector will have his own team that he wishes to select. How that team looks demographically, it's not my problem as a CEO. I would sign off that team irrespective of how it looks. But I would sign it off based on the fact that I would have communicated with him that you need to understand that if you look down the road, this is now what you need to do to get to that final mark. So essentially what happens is that if I sign off every team and then at the end of the season we haven't reached those targets, the board then holds me accountable. My job is just to continue to remind the convener that if you've selected a team that looks like this, this is what it means. If the next match comes and you select a team that looks like this, the target has changed. This is now what it means for you going forward. So essentially, that's what it meant. It didn't mean that the CEO would be selecting. So moving forward, that will remain what happens. So as things stand, the board has decided to put that uh, policy on ice. Um, so no, we will not be... Uh, actioning it unless the board then says from an EPG point of view, we want to now activate it because um, as most of you or some of you might know, we are now being asked to project for the next 10 years. And as you can imagine, it's a very difficult job to do, given that cricket does not have the right to have substitutes that are counted, so to speak, so like other sports. I can just grab one more. Okay, one last one. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so like just on, if we can wrap up uh, Otis and, and those discussions and how that ended, um, it's also understanding that earlier in the year, in February, there was an agreement in principle that he would have his contract extended to April 2021. Um, if you can just give us an idea of what the talks were with you and Otis from that point up until the World Cup um, and what his thinking was going into the World Cup in terms of what he needed to achieve. Sure. So 
Um, I basically <coughs> went to the board. I first spoke with Otis and I said to Otis, um, I would like to suggest that the board have a look at your contract and uh, with a possible extension. Um, and excuse me, and then Otis um, responded by saying that he would uh, more or less look at being employed until probably 2021. Um, and that that's what I switch, uh, should suggest to the board rather. Um, I did suggest that to the board. Uh, the board deliberated on that. And um, part of the board agreeing, or, um, or what the board essentially said to me, let me rather quote what was said to me verbatim was, we are agreeing that you can go ahead as you and extend the coach's contract subject to him agreeing to key specific uh, pointers in his contract changing. Part of that being EPG, part of that being com communication, uh, part of that being performance. Uh, we went back to the coach um, together with the now acting director of cricket and communicated such to the coach, of which he said he could not immediately agree until he saw what his contract looked like. Now, that meeting is essentially the same meeting where this policy was of of, of selection was spoken was spoken of, um, and obviously um, it is well documented now in the media that uh, the coach was not really happy about uh, the board rather wanting to now activate this policy, and um, in fact this policy was in place for three days, so it's not later on in the year. It's literally three days. The 1st of February meeting, I think, was on a Friday evening. And on a Monday evening, the president called me and said, listen, Taba, um, I've had a chat with uh, a few guys uh, as far as the team's concerned. And uh, we're thinking of uh, putting this policy on ice. Would you mind if we do that? And I said, no, there's absolutely uh, no reason why I would mind in uh, the board putting this policy on ice because... The, the perception that was already put out there was that the board, together with the CEO, is intending on interfering on selection, which wasn't true. So to dispel such um, notions or rumors, we just simply put the policy on ice. So similarly, um, with Otis not agreeing, that's one of the decisions, again, that came that emanated from that meeting that caused the board to then say, listen, because the coach is not agreeable to a few things that you're already saying, Let's rather put his contract on ice as well and judge him the same way that we said we would from the first one, which is on his performances at the World Cup. Right, let's get this football special up and running. With me in studio is Tiso Blackstar, sports journalist and authority on all things football. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Strikers Tradem <laughs> is back with us in the country and he'll be discussing all things Disky, all things the new Premier Soccer League season. It was an exciting start. I don't know, is it more exciting than your wee trip to Egypt, Mark? <laughs> Spoo, wow, thanks for calling me an authority. That oh. make, makes me feel nice. <laughs> um, um, more exciting than Egypt? No, no, of okay. course not. Um, <laughs> but... Le my far less of uh, no it's in no way a letdown yeah. either uh, um, it's, it's I mean the first game I went and covered Pirate Celtic was great I enjoyed yeah. it and so that makes it you know obviously coming back from uh, like AFCON which is a high um, coming back to PSL you would think would be a bit of a it's, but it's not it's not a come down yeah, but, yeah. Um, the standard of our games is, is good 
I loved it. I loved it. But let's not get into the main course just yet. It's Mm. it's been a crazy week in South African sports. We were just smarting, or some people were smarting, after Stuart Baxter resigned Mm. uh, in a in what I I I could only have called the most picturesque resignation in South African (laughs) football history. I mean, (laughs) Kilani Country Club, Houghton, Johannesburg, lofty surrounds, birds chirping, Mm. the sun was out. But that belied the sort of the sort of tension that was inside the country club at the press conference with Stuart Baxter. Mm. <laughs> Ultimately, um, uh, 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 shall I say, um, put the, the the gun to his own temple mm. and ended what has been a very uh, another one of those topsy turvy coaching up, yeah, appointments. Mm. Um, I think it's the last time we'll see Baxter in a Bafana coaching role. It, it yeah. seemed final. Yeah. Uh, this time around. But what did you make of the way he conducted himself in this resignation and how he somewhat blindsided the SAFA, the organization, in his approach? Yeah, no, no, that was weird. It was very strange to... I've never seen a, a, a Bafana coach call his own press conference um, SAFA. Right. People were trying to call SAFA the day before and say, you know, do you know what this coach is saying? And they said, no, we have no idea. Um, and, you know, there was a technical committee meeting the next day uh. where they wanted Baxter to be there on Saturday, you know, to to give a verbal report back on his report, his, his written report. On so the that was supposed to have taken place the day after that press uh, conference? I don't know if it was scheduled, but uh. but they were sort of complaining the next day, the technical committee, that, mm. okay, now we don't even have Baxter to be here and give us... Um, verbal feedback when we yeah. got questions on yeah. what his written report might be. It was strange. It was very strange. But I I think Stuart, he clearly, I mean, we, no, the question wasn't asked at the press conference. Maybe it should have been. But um, he clearly wanted to do things on his own terms, on mm. his own turf, mm. away from Safa House for some reason. And that gives a big hint that obviously he must have been a bit dissatisfied with the association. And I think that says a lot on its own and he had Russell Paul mm. again that's strange he p- calls a privately called press conference arranged by his agent Steve Kapolishnik mm. and the acting CEO of SAFA Russell Paul is there which is also weird but I guess he had to be if if, if Stuart was announcing what he was announcing mm, mm. I don't know when Russell was briefed on probably um, five minutes before <laughs> it'll be interesting to ask yeah and was he sent the SMS driving on his way there? So I he had to know. do a quick turnaround from Nasrec, <laughs> yeah. make, make, a, make a quick, you know, left towards Kiladi. It's a strange way of doing things. But, um, and then Stuart didn't overtly kind of say, he just said he d- felt he couldn't continue in the job. And yeah. there's a lot of factors in that. And he didn't just simply yeah. blame mm, Safa for mm. that. One felt he maybe held a lot back of what he wanted to say about Safa. Mm. Um, I think especially on the preparations for AFCON. Mm, mm. I mean, we found out since AFCON, during AFCON, that SAFA didn't want to pay for one of the teams playing in the Kasafa Cup in Durban mm. once they were finished or had been knocked out or eliminated to to come to Joburg as part of Bafana's training continuous training camp in Joburg mm. where they wanted a friendly in, in Joburg, but they hadn't managed to organize one. But they could have got one of those Kasafa teams but Safa didn't want to play for the pay for the flights and hotel, and I mean that when you're going to an Afcon is um, is horrendous. But but the two, I, I don't think Stuart's blameless either because apparently Safa could have lined up Egypt as a 
as a pre-tournament mm. friendly in Egypt mm. just before the tournament and, mm. and Stuart apparently didn't want to affect confidence in case the team and that seems a oh, little seems so petty in, in the context yeah. of of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I test guess. yourself yeah. against the best. I mean, yeah. they were playing Ghana, and that Ghana game was such a training game. Mm. And because that ended up being the only friendly, he basically had to play an entire different starting 11 in two halves. It mm. ended up being a complete training game. There's no competitiveness in that kind mm. of game. And you could see it in the group stage. So, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, so we were undercooked. Um, but, okay, Baxter not blameless. Uh, I, I guess the press conference, the, the lone wolf press conference, <laughs> which ended up, you had Dominic Chimavi there, who's the spokesperson uh, at, at, at SAFA as well. Um, you, you, what, what did it tell you about the discord, though, between their the head coach, their flagship team's head coach, yeah. um, you know, going rogue? Um, against against the, the the organization, yeah, no, um, <laughs> it certainly, yeah, it certainly shows. I just, I think it just shows that he's unhappy, and um, yeah, but I, I think Stuart, I, I don't know. I guess he just wanted it. I don't know how, how much time he spends at Kalani Country Club. Mm. I know Stuart's an avid golfer. I've, I've sometimes heard about his, about his first term in charge of uh, Bafana that he spent actually too much time on the golf course. <laughs> um, I don't know about the second yeah. term. I think there were times, mm. um, given how up and down, we seen so well prepared against the bigger teams and the smaller teams. <laughs> So maybe yeah. there's something in that even that you can read. Maybe. Um, I mean, the, was it the Seychelles where players went to the beach? Not to say that yeah. you can't go to the beach <laughs> when you're in the Seychelles, granted. Yeah. But it, it, you better come back with the result from Yeah, there, exactly. Though, come back with know? the result. So um, that sort of beach attitude after yeah. a 6-0 victory showed kind of how the complacency could easily come in after, after yeah. riding a high. I, I think the down... Yeah, look... Players must have downtime, but then those pictures backfire when you lose. Yeah, <laughs> that's of thing, just though, looks bad. That, it does. It um, looks terrible. Yeah, um, I just think yeah, and that maybe like Stuart's unhappy with the association. Yeah, but you, you contrast him to the coach of Madagascar, who hasn't been paid, I think, in I don't know six months. I uh, forget now. Christ, who loves his job? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're we're not, not we're, good. You're we're not going to get that with Baxter. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're not Madagascar. We should. Yeah, we, and. But we're even hearing things about him not having, being owed some money, and that hasn't been confirmed. Okay. But um, we're not Madagascar, and we have a different infrastructure, and you should expect more from South right, Africa. But, right. but the passion that that Madagascar coach has just to go mm. and the, the, what he's done for Madagascar to qualify them for the first mm -hmm. AFCON and actually be competitive, finish top of their group, amazing. Beat Nigeria 2-0, the and same Nigeria yeah, that knocked us out. Yeah. And he hasn't been paid in six months. And Stuart... Jeez. Yeah, and Baxter just yeah. has he is he is a bit of a a, a griper and this this is a problem not yeah. a bit is an understatement yeah, it, it yeah. is one of his downfalls and he's finicky and he certain and I think that at some, to some extent does rub off on the players yeah. and and so yeah this this press conference it was strange that it wasn't at Alpha House but it but it's kind of in keeping with Stuart's kind of gripey mm, mm, mm. yeah and he, he has some legitimate concerns but so does Safa have with him yeah so it's both ways I want to touch a bit on Safa now mm. because at the end of the day no matter who coaches Bafana we are stuck with Safa the federation mm. we are stuck with 
what is a very archaic institution, very amateur era uh, um, structures and, and way of doing things. And, and Baxter, I had a chat with Baxter while he was still at Supersport and, and the fires of him becoming the new coach were, were very, very hot at the time. Mm. And he said that if he were to take it, it would be under the, the premise of a long-term view, you know. So I think he knew when we spoke that, okay, He's 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 in the front running. Even though he wasn't part of the original technical panels, mm. he wasn't even on their on their recommendations. Mm. I mean, so which then started his tenure on the back foot. But his intentions, I think, were good in that mm. he wanted Safar to break out of the short termism there, you know, to eventually do things right. And I'll put that in inverted commas mm, because yeah. doing the right thing is subjective. But he really wanted the to to make sure that there's a pathway between start and finish. Yeah. But by the end, he was so narrow in his focus, and I think that pressure is was organizational pressure that he forgot in his own plans, couldn't implement any of it. And I know he was criticized for not involving any under twenty three, under twenty players, or under seventeen players, all of whom had made World Cups at various levels, junior World Cups at mm. various levels. But how do you do that when? Know what the results comes out is you're not going to get a free pass if you play Luther Singh yeah. or any of the other promising youngsters. How mm. how is he even going to be able to live up to Vision 2022? If yeah. you, you know if 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 one group stage uh, bad performance at Afcon is a determining factor over a four year five year term. Yeah, and and also further than that, it was. Uh, not a great group. It was a poor group stage, horrendous yeah, in terms yeah. of football played. But then we 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 beat Egypt with one of our possibly the best performance in twenty years, mm. and he still gets vented at when he gets back to our Tambo Airport, and you know. So even though you had a result that nullified that mm, poor group mm, stage, mm. there's something about Stuart that he has this reaction on South Africans that they just. A, a, a lot, a lot of sufferings. Not all. He draws the just air. want to be angry at well, yeah. it, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that does add pressure as well. But this is what we've seen with all Bafana coaches. We saw it with uh, Sheikh Mashaba, mm. who tried to bring in a, a new invigoration mm. of injecting mm. youth and went unbeaten in the qualifiers. Went unbeaten in the qualifiers. The moment Sheikh got under pressure, he abandoned that and. That whole idea of bringing in 20-year-olds and Fakhri Lakais, mm. um, Rivaldo was still there because he was good enough. But mm. he, he's, he no longer brought in these 20-year-olds. And um, and I think this is, yeah, I think it's got to do with expectation. Um, it's like I say about, um, we, we go on and on about in South Africa about how poor our football is. We, we talk about it almost, you know, yeah. we, it's a Pavlov's dog spiral of negativity. Mm. And I don't think it's as bad as what people say. Then yeah. then the moment we qualify for an AFCON, and, and we, I was discussing this on, a, on another blog, vlog, yeah. vlog, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, last night. So it's quite, I'm just trying to remember. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, it's the, you have that spiral of negativity. And then mm. on the other, and you, you remember with the Libya qualifier, Yes. A lot of people are saying, I'm not even going to watch. There's no way Bafana are going to win. Gonna be, let me, and no we way. There, Absolutely we played no a way. Perfect we had a game. great game, and then we qualify, and then we go from that where people are saying, oh, Bafana are so useless. We qualify, and then people are saying, we've got to reach the final, nothing less. And how do you square the two? How do you square yeah, that? There's our no foot- middle ground. How do you square that our football is so poor that we don't have the players of the 1980s? Mm. Okay, we don't. 
And how do you square that where the moment we qualify, where every game we play is, except for the one against Namibia, we, we're the clear underdog. They have players mm. of Ivory Coast, Morocco, on paper have players mm. of a much better quali- quality. Nicolas than Pepe just signed for 72 e- million pounds at Arsenal. Exactly. We've got Percy Tao, who's an amazing player, mm. who's just scored on debut at Club Bruges. But, but it's 72 clap. million pounds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so we are the underdog in every single game we mm. play. And how do you square that we, we are... We are that underdog, and then we're exposed to play expansive football. Yeah. You can't. We've got to be more tight-knit, tight-knit than those teams. Our strength is that we have a lot of PSL-based players, and we've got to be tight-knit, and we've got to be better organized than mm. them. And that is actually what we learned from this AFCON. And the only thing was Stuart put too much emphasis in too many games, except for the Egypt one on structure, mm. and didn't do enough freedom in attack. And... But and that was his downfall. Yeah, yeah. But but actually, it's our best Afcon since two thousand and two, and we've got to get our balance between ah. slamming our football and then having absurd expectations. We've got to mm, find mm, a middle mm. ground in terms of both the media and I think the public because I think it makes life difficult for every single Bafana coach. They can't last more, yeah. for more than two years, and can, it becomes too too can, much pressure to, team to satisfy those expectations. Is this I, team I, un- I know Mulefitek is the interim coach now, but <laughs> like I, I think like Jesus Christ will have to come down and coach Bafana. That's the only day. Uh, and, and even then, I don't think. <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, Pep Guardiola, same thing. You know, um, same thing. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's uncoachable sport and I think there's signs of progress I think the fact that this was our best statistically no I don't mean I don't mean I don't mean in the sense that we can't get results out of these players no no for sure we can get some good results out of these players we've got a good crop of of players man I'm not pessimistic about our quality of footballer at all but regardless of the upsurge of quality that we have yeah. in the Persitals that you've mentioned, are we never going to let a coach just do his job and finish his yeah, job? Yeah, and I see what you mean. <laughs> because we could bring in pizza, if, pe- if we could pry pizza from Sundowns. Mm. But then you've got Chiefs and Pirates fans not happy because mm. pizza has humiliated their teams on such a such, so, so often at club level. Mm. And and you know, the first few, I don't know, it's like a coach has to win every game or there's, you know, mm. look, and with Stuart, he, uh, he he had some really poor results, like the Seychelles, like the Cape Verde. Mm. That didn't help him. And then he just had a, yeah, the thing with South Africans that they just don't like him. Yeah. Um, I think we can, I think, but I, yeah, I think we can have a coach who can succeed. I think the right coach. We, we also keep going for cheap options. So who's the and, right coach? And the, the right coach right now is Pizzo. And because of what he's done at Champions mm. League level, it's only the fact that Safa don't have really have money and he's getting paid exceptionally well at Sundowns, mm. as far as we know. Would he, um, would, would there ever be a, a chance where he, 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 he occupies both roles? I think there is a chance of that. Without um, without his house getting burned down by Chiefs and Pirates fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez. I mean, the, yeah, the difficult thing, thing then is the conflict of interest. That's but, 80% of but, the uh, football market uh, yeah. is Chiefs and Pirates fans. Yeah, and then, then he selects eight Sundowns players legitimately because Sundowns are yeah, the best club in the country. Yeah, but, but Chiefs well, and Pirates yeah, go mad. Yeah. yeah, and... But I think it is possible. He's a good enough coach. He's a workaholic here. He's already a workaholic on what he does at Sundowns, but he's such a workaholic, he could accommodate Bafana mm. into that work regime. Um, I think it is possible. Um, I think he could do it. Um, he's, he's that good a coach. And 
I just think, for me, what you entice him with is that if Stuart Baxter could could reach a semi-final, or could, could could almost could come oh, that yeah. close to getting to, to the corner. semi-finals. Yeah, imagine And, and, and Stuart mm. is a decent coach. And then you, if you brought Pizzo with his pedigree in Africa and won, having won a Champions League, he's, while he's still red hot he, as he's, well, yeah. he's the only South African coach who is feared across the continent. Who, when you go to Egypt, Egyptians say to him, "When are you coming to work here with Zamalek and Alali?" I mean, that's, that's unheard that's of. That's incredible. No other South African coach yeah. does that. So you bring him, and you, the next Nations Cup is actually possibly there to be won with Pizzo Mosimani as coach, and that that would put elevate Pizzo from being a coach feared across Africa to among. The, the top world. notch yeah, yeah, African yeah. coaches and and globally known, like Herb Renardis, and yeah. so that is how you possibly appeal to okay. Pizzo. Um, it's difficult. Would he take it? And though? I think Would Pizzo he... could last, but but we've got to also just temper our expectations and stop knocking South African football and how poor it is mm. because it's not as bad as people say, it's and also it's not, not as great. nowhere near as <laughs> crazily good as we must win every yeah, competition yeah. we get into. And and but a quarterfinal is something to build on. Beating Egypt, the hosts. That's Unbelievable! Huge, the, yeah, is something in to Egypt, build on. The host of the actual tournament. We we can now go into qualifiers not fearing anyone. Um, we don't. We we've beaten Nigeria in Nigeria. In Nigeria, we so beat, that and, monkey is off is and, off our back. And and Stuart had a very mixed bag tenure, but that is his legacy in, mm. in those two results, which started with his predecessor Sheikh Mashabo when he also went to Nigeria was 2-0 up he, he, he broke that mystique yeah, a bit yeah, yeah, got a about, about Nigeria and Stuart draw. carried that on and so we are showing signs of progress and I do think yeah, if he brought pizza he could succeed and we could win an AFCON Right, let's let's uh, whew, let's get, let's jump straight to the PSL action that was this weekend. Mm. Obviously, impossible to watch every every game. Mm. Um, I mean, they'll just have to go and look for your writing online. Uh, but uh, great, great start for the big three is what I took out of it. Kaz achieves three yeah. two against sure. Highlands Park. Mm. I like I like the comeback of. Um, Who's a pol- former Polokwane City striker, uh, Ronnie Ramagalela? Yeah, Ramagalela. Yeah, Ramagina. I love that guy, man. He's like <laughs> a, a blue collar striker for me. I love those kind yeah. of guys. Lebu Manyama, obviously, previously the um, uh, uh, South African Player of the Year, Absa Premiership Player of the Year. Mm. Quality football, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shown that. Vilagazi, a fully fit Spusiso Vilagazi mm. is, is a is a thing of beauty yeah, for what me. What a goal. What a goal. What a left foot. No VAR. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a goal. They got it right. <laughs> and Pirates. Pirates. Pirates are a dark horse for scary, the league. Man. Pirates are a dark horse for this league. They're more than a dark horse. They're, <sighs> they're top two contender. You think contender. they've got the inside lane? They're not inside lane, but they're a top two contender as mm. they have been for the past two seasons, but yeah. stronger. Stronger. Mm. And... The past two seasons, they've closed the gap from five points as runners-up to Sundowns to two points as runners-up to Sundowns. Yeah, to, to the last And game. this yeah. season, they're gunning for it. And, okay, so yeah, like you say, a good start for the big three. Mm. Um, Sundowns convincing against Supersport. I mean, Swanee Derby, that convincing, mm. impressive. The big thing with Sundowns is last season, they played two Champions Leagues and they had to rebuild. This season, they've had their first rest in five years because mm. of the restructuring of the CAF calendar, ah, and that rebuilding beautiful. is now done. Yeah. So they are scary. Then you've got Pirates so hungry. Micho hasn't won a trophy yet. Mm. And they haven't won a, a league title since 2012, so that hunger can maybe make mm. a difference. Chiefs, good start for them. I don't know that they're league title contenders, but certainly they're a heck of a lot, a heck of a lot better than people 
probably were thinking. And a result against Highlands Park away. Without Kamabilia. Uh, without Kamabilia, interestingly. Mm. Um, Highlands, everyone knows, all the big teams struggle going there. Mm. So I think a 3-2 um, was an excellent result for them mm. starting. There's teething problems like their defence, um, but Chiefs have... It, what Middendorf's been saying about um, the fact that you know they've got unknown signings, mm. um, but he, they they actually look good. That Nurkovic looked good. Bacchus looked good. Mm. Um, but also what he's been saying about the squad that's there that he had so many injuries last season that are, that are now back. Like you say, Manyama Kune coming back in August. Um, it's almost like signing and, and new new players. Yeah, actually. and to see Matoho play a game and come Matoho's through really been, decently. Yeah. And Matoho has been absent for two years. Yeah, those are like new signings. So yeah. just on nowhere near as bad as people think. Okay. They can be up there. I don't know about league title challenges. We'll see. Right. Um, other impressive results. Um, Bloom, uh, not Bloom Celtic. Uh, Golden Arrows. Steve Compella's Golden Arrows. They snuck a one 0 over yeah. Maritzburg. Uh, I mean, a bit of a sluggish game. Yeah, twenty derby. They're often very not easy yeah, to watch. Um, uh, uh, KZN derby. Um, I mean, KZN derby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 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 are hard watch. Now mm. the 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 Premier League for uh, the sorry the 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 Absa Premiership for these um, punch above your weight teams. I'll put Cape Town City there who. Uh, pissed away a two goal advantage at, mm. at Baraka mm. do you think it's it's there's more quality sort of in the middle of the of the log um, for instance like you look at the city team who are more high end middle uh, than 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 low end middle uh, because of Abu mm. Bakr Mubarak's coming in mm. um, you know the Mpoma callers and, and the strengthening mm. they've done mentioned Highlands Park pushing Kaiser Chiefs do you think if those guys you know bring some surprises it makes the league more more entertaining oh no it totally does in fact City for me are better than high end they're kind of they're the dark horses actually oh you reckon um, okay with the signings they've made their first game yeah like you say I mean blowing 2-0 that's not good they had Nora Dean but they were well. playing away yeah. and Benny was still suspended and not on the bench so that might have played a role okay um, they finished fourth last season mm. they've made very good signings they're very ambitious um, and Benny McCarthy's growing in confidence mm. um, I think it does like Highlands like you say I mean they were such a tough team to play in at Makalong last Makalong season. Stadium, yeah. Um, they look. They finished eighth as a promoted team. Excellent first season, and with Ramaji coming in. Ah oh, man, um, G, man. That's you know, my, that's my G. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Pizza was saying the other day, and Pizza's ex striker. He knows that there's not a lot of South Africans who hit the ball cleanly. Oh. Ramaji is one. He's, he's just <sighs> he's, he can hit the ball cleanly, and like he's a, he's he's had two two frustrating seasons. He's hungry. Yeah, and yeah, I think these teams will definitely. Um, I, there's no weak teams. Stellenbosch, you know, they may maybe it's come a bit early for them promotion, but okay, I think for a first division champion team, keeping the the combination together mostly and yeah. adding some experience like Morgan Gold and Mark Van Heerden, um, when you keep that combination together, you keep your spirits of that team that you won do. the won the Either, league, even if it was in the first division, the rather than stripping the whole team and, and so firing the coach yeah, and it's getting huge, rid of everybody. It's an insanely competitive league where anyone can beat anyone on the day. Uh, we've seen uh, interesting development where Mohakolo has appeared at Black Leopards. How do you think he will do? I mean, he he was frustrated out at. Um, at Sundowns, at who yeah. I think was a quality player, maybe not a pizza kind of player, not mm. a, not a not a workaholic. 
I think he Peter likes his even his four players to be workaholics. You know, yeah. my boys, they they go they scrap for the ball even though they 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 play high. Uh, even playing um, uh, 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 of Vilagazi, he still has to do something while he's up there, even though he's a more creative player. Tembazwane, mm. one of the best workhorses you've got there. So, mm. what do you think on Gele appearing there at, at Black Leopards? Um, yeah, it's make or break for him. I yeah, because um, he also I think has had a little bit of off-field kind of disciplinary. Oh, you reckon? A little yeah. bit, a little bit, and yeah. drifted away. And then he, I mean, he hasn't played for years. He has, but he's a very, very good player. What he did at Platinum Stars mm, mm. to get signed by Sundowns. Um, yeah, I think if he can get himself right, get himself fit, yeah, mm. absolutely great player. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see him. Tuso Pala, then Swan Song now. Yeah, he is winding down, but he's still Tuso Pala is always good. He always yeah. gives you something. He's got that, still got pace. Um, yeah, can score. Another one who hits the ball well. Um, yeah, no, it is a Swan Song, but he's he's like he's never he never every season he keeps going. Cool. Yeah. All right, Marky Mark, let's wrap it up. Um, I want to let you do the upset of the week, but I fear you might have not watched any Curry Cup rugby over the last <laughs> weekend. So let me administer Whoa. this one. The Grecos uh, beat the Bulls at 37-15 at Loftus. The Jeez. Pumas beat the Sharks 27-20 in Nelspread. I think um, I'm going to give it to... I'm going to edge that one, actually, to the Pumas because they had a tighter game and the Grickers are top of the Curry Cup log at the moment. Mm. Not something I thought you probably thought you'd hear. Uh, and have they're looking the, good to win the Curry Cup. The have the Bulls fallen that far from the, and the, the, that yeah. even losing at home? That at isn't home. the upset of the week. To the mighty Grickers, wow. I'll tell you that for free. Now, wow. give me playmaker of the week. This is right up your alley. Lebohang Manyama for his brace against Highlands Park. Sibusi Sofilagazi for that goal against Sport United or Stephen Smith for two centuries that won the first Ashes Test against England at Ashbeston 144 wow. and 142. Wow, wow, and that was a low scoring game. It was, so I'll give it to Stephen Smith. Oh, I mean, well done! That's, that's All right, yeah, I'll give yeah. it to a cricketer. Wow, <laughs> you gave it to a cricketer. I didn't expect that. Well done, Marky Mark. <laughs> All right, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Life Podcast. Thanks, Marky. So, always fun. Tune in to Cargumentative every Monday morning on Times Live Motoring. You can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's Cargumentative only on Times Live Motoring. To advertise on the Sports Live podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Now, I can't wait I say this is the Sports Live podcast brought to you by this is your name, your entity, your brand right after the Sports Live podcast. That's Smith S at tsoblackstar.co.za. Smith S S M I T H S at T I S O B L A C K S T A R.co.za.
That's it for me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at TimesLive or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department headed by Mninawa Mchana Ntoko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now.